I don't know what is spookier, watching creepy movies before bedtime or watching my molting chickens coming out of the coop. My flock is looking a little rough these days as they replace their feathers, but Grubbly Farm Scrubblies are coming to the rescue to get my flock through this not-so-pretty part of chicken keeping. While molting is a natural process for chickens, there's no reason not to help them out during this creepy-looking process. Grubblies are packed full of protein and calcium, which will support your feathered friends as they grow their feathers back in. No need to switch feeds, just add grubblies. So head on over to grubblyfarms.com and use code FARM15 to get 15% off your first order. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh, hey there, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. Neither of us opened anything this episode. (laughs) I know. It was eerily quiet. I was literally just going to say the same thing. (laughs) How creepy is that? Beat you to it. (laughs) (laughs) So what are you sipping on this morning? Because it is morning. Spoiler, guys. Yes. Yes, it is morning. (laughs) I am enjoying a dandy chai latte and i know that sounds kind of weird like what the heck is a dandy (laughs) chai latte so i'm gonna explain how to make it just really briefly because it's super delicious so it is filled with freshly squeezed goat's milk from this morning and this dandy beverage powder which we'll link to that in the show notes because it's kind of a really interesting like thing and i think it's going to bring a lot of comfort to people this fall and winter and then i add a little sugar and a little cinnamon and a little nutmeg and it's amazing Yum. so good that sounds so delicious <laughs> so what are you drinking over there so i am drinking a uh, home brewed Starbucks pumpkin spice coffee. So mm. I haven't had a legit pumpkin spice latte, and I just might not this year because trying to get back on the good old Weight Watchers, which has just epically failed out like with work this week. Like I was doing so good until like lunchtime, and then something incredibly stressful happened, and I ate four Oreos. Like I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> But four Oreos are delicious. But that's a lot of points, unfortunately. (laughs) It's true. So my husband did me the favor of, like, eating the rest of the Oreos in the house. (laughs) Oh, I I love him. (laughs) But I still have the Chips Ahoy Chewy cookies because last week I was demanding cookies and now I have cookies and I don't want them in my house because I'm trying to lose weight before the holidays. (laughs) It's a vicious cycle. It is. It's a vicious cycle. It's so hard. But just keep in mind that if you're healthy and you're feeling good, try not to pay attention to those things. But if you're not feeling healthy and not feeling good, then, you know, that's a reason to do it. Yeah. But I feel like I eat my feelings and because I won't be probably physically in an office until summer 2021, at least, is my prediction. I just feel like I sit on my ass a lot during the day. So 
That makes it hard. It does. It really yeah. does. More activity. Yes. More farm things. Yes. <laughs> more farm things. Yes. And speaking of farm things, our drink peep this episode is our friend Elise Ferguson, which is at EGF Brahma Mama over on the Instagram. So cheers, lady. Cheers. So in the spirit of farm things and planning ahead for next year, we're going to do the great pumpkin round two and talk about how to grow pumpkins this week. Yay. Woohoo. Yes, I'm so excited about this. Because getting to plan ahead and learning what your action steps are going to be and how you're going to be successful in something that you want to do is just really fun. And like we're super, super planning ahead. So now you can listen to this, decide if growing pumpkins is for you next year, get your seeds ordered, and then start planning how you're going to do this in your space. And this episode is going to tell you exactly how to do that. Yeehaw. I'm excited. I wanted to switch it up from woohoo, so today it's yeehaw. Yeehaw. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so for those of you that don't really know, we want to make it clear that pumpkins are annuals, which means their life cycle is one growing season. So you have to replant every single year. Or you can be like Bev and do her pumpkin magic that I'll let her explain that she does that I'm going to try this year. (laughs) So for some reason, this rule doesn't seem to apply to compost pumpkins. Like if you just take a whole pumpkin and throw it out in your compost pile, if you do that every fall after the decorating season is over, like you just magically have compost pumpkins. I can't explain it. I don't know how it works. But I do know that every year that I've done that, I've had pumpkins. I didn't do this last year because I saved all the – I cut open all the pumpkins and saved their seeds for planting. Mm -hmm. So I didn't end up with any compost pumpkins. And then I killed all my pumpkins. So I have zero pumpkins. No, that's not true. I have one pumpkin. (laughs) Un pumpkin. (laughs) So basically, Bev is Cinderella – the farm style. She just has her pumpkins that magically appear in the compost. You probably have the singing birds around you and, and the little field mice <laughs> helping you out. That's that's how I really envision it, whether that's yes. true or not. Yeah, it's more like barn cats yowling at me oh, and chickens yes. singing their egg song. <laughs> hey, you know what? That sounds that sounds delightful. It is. It's delightful in its own way. So pumpkins have a really long growing season. They take a hundred-ish days or so to go from seed to giant-ass pumpkin. (laughs) So you're going to want to get your pumpkins started early. And here's an example. If you want to be picking ripe pumpkins on October 1st for your fall decorations, you need to plant them on June 23rd. And that is like crazy early. I mean, I've only had four weeks of no frost by June 23rd. Yeah. So like, yeah, pumpkins are like, you got to get on them immediately. (laughs) Yeah. And I did not do that this year properly. I got a tiny little pumpkin that kind of stopped growing because the frost killed the plants and my chickens murdered it a few days Mm. ago. They ate it all. (sighs) So yes. We need to start earlier next year and maybe my pumpkin survival rate will be better. 
Yeah, I think uh, on the package, it recommends four to six weeks before your last frost. Mm. Because when you do this, it'll allow you to have your pumpkins ripe and picked before your decorating season starts so you can cure them. And we'll go over how to cure and all that later on in the episode. But just like a pro tip, I guess. I'm not pro at anything, but... (laughs) (laughs) So the first thing you're going to want to figure out is where are you going to plant your pumpkins? Because pumpkins will vary greatly in size, like from pumpkin variety to pumpkin variety, because like the little minis, like we talked about last week, are teeny tiny and can be trellised. But like then there's those big giant, like Big Macs or Atlantic giants even, which could be like a thousand pounds. So you need to have space for that. But Even though the pumpkins are all different sizes, the vines tend to be around the same length. Mm -hmm. So they'll grow out to about 10 feet long uh, in like all the directions. (laughs) Yeah. Regardless of how tiny or large your pumpkins are. (laughs) Yeah. So you also want to make sure that you plant in an area that has full sun. Because pumpkins and all squash need full sun, and they also require a lot of warm days in order to produce mature fruit. Yeah, so the earlier, the better. Yes. (laughs) So, like we already discussed, pumpkins take up a lot of space, and they recommend at least five square feet for one plant. That is so much space. (laughs) It is. Like, mark that out in a garden. (laughs) Yeah, Exactly. That's why I'm thinking just like my whole like back back backyard that we never go to. I'm just going to till it all up and make it a pumpkin patch. <laughs> and then we won't have to mow it. I well, hope. and that's what a lot of people do. They just create a giant, you know, like rectangular pumpkin patch yeah. because you have a dedicated space for the pumpkins. They can stretch out in any direction. And, you know, if they go outside of your parameters, as long as you haven't like marked it with a fence or anything, you can just dig up more grass and make it bigger. Yes. There we go. The vines of small pumpkins can sprawl as far as large pumpkins, which is something I didn't really think about. Because I've ordered a variety and I have some of those jacky little ones. So now I got to kind of rethink my plan there. Because I was like, oh, that'll be a smaller space. But apparently not. Um, You got to be careful. The nice thing is, is those little tiny ones you can put on a trellis. Yeah, Just make sure it's a sturdy one. Yes. And that will be super cute in my new garden next year. Yes. Yes, it will. You also want to make sure the area that you're planting has well-draining soil. Um, Soil pH should be slightly acidic between 6 and 6.5. Yes, and you can add ammonium sulfate to your soil to make it slightly more Mm -hmm. acidic. It's like a blueberry type of fertilizer. Okay. And that actually helps. And you can also buy like a soil pH meter. It's just like... It's like a little electronic thing with these prongs on the bottom. You stick it in your soil and turn it on and it tells you what your pH level is. So you can tell if you need to add some of that or not. Nice. You can also start seeds indoors for pumpkins about three weeks before the last expected frost. I actually did start my seeds indoors and it was incredibly successful. I failed at the transplant part. But, <laughs> that's the part I failed that too <laughs> but it's really cool it's like because they they do um 
you know, sprout up pretty quickly. So it's a very uh, good way to feel instant gratification or near instant gratification with gardening, especially if you're just starting out. Yeah. And be careful with those pumpkin seedlings, though, because they get big really fast. Yeah. So if you just like put them in one of those teeny tiny starter pots, you're going to be up potting them so, so fast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if your growing season is long enough, you can sow seeds directly in the garden when the soil reaches temperatures of 60 degrees Fahrenheit. You'll plant three to six seeds in a hill or slightly raised mound. Spacing varies with a variety, obviously, so check the back of the seed packet. That should give you a guide if it's at least five feet or more in each direction to keep your pumpkin plants happy. Yeah, and you can also try growing your pumpkins in containers or large pots. I like the 15-gallon root pouches for big plants like that. I planted potatoes in them this year, and that was pretty cool. I wish I would have fertilized and watered them better. They would have done good, or they would have done better. (laughs) And same with the pumpkins. I meant to put pumpkins in them, but I'm so bad at remembering to water pots. So that's something to keep in mind if you're going to be container gardening things. You have to water them because the soil is made to drain so it doesn't retain a ton of moisture Mm -hmm. and plants that are planted in the ground they have better moisture insulation from obviously you know like the water table and everything around it so yeah if you enjoy spoiling your chickens keeping your chicken first aid kit up to date and fun surprises for yourself you'll want to jump on the henny and rue bandwagon Henny and Rue is a monthly box put together by chicken keepers for chicken keepers and their flocks. Each month you'll receive products that may not be available at your local feed store to help build up your poultry first aid kit, try new treats and coop products to keep your flock healthy and happy. And there's always a fun gift for the humans too. So go to honeyandroo.com and save 10% off your first box using code DRINKANDFARM. As a subscriber, you can also visit the honeyandroo.com shop to purchase select items and save 10% off everything. Honey and Roo, better chicken keeping delivered. All right, so now let's talk about how to take care of those little pumpkin plants once they're either started inside or going outside. Yeah. So you want to thin the seedlings to the strongest two to three plants. Another good idea that I have actually never seen done is mulching around the plants to conserve moisture. Um, This could obviously help with suppressing weeds and keeping the fruit clean as well. Yeah, and one of the tips that I recently learned too was that you can put boards or old roof tiles under your pumpkins because that'll keep them from touching the ground and rotting, which is a problem that I always have, especially with compost pumpkins. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many bugs and stuff in that. <laughs> yes. They're just creepy Halloween pumpkins. That's all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure you give your plants at least one to two inches of water a week, especially when they're blooming and setting fruit. And don't forget that you just might have to feed your pumpkins. Yes, all plants need food. And this is one of the hardest parts of gardening, I think, is figuring out what the right balance of nutrients are that your plants need. 
and how to get that right balance. So we're going to talk about the different kinds of fertilizers pumpkins need and how to get those specific nutrients, which is going to be really helpful next year. Indeed. I'm excited to learn. So you're going to want to apply a weekly nitrogen-heavy fertilizer early in the growing season because what this is going to do is it's going to allow your plant to grow big and tall and strong. So it's kind of like feeding it its vegetables, I guess. (laughs) 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 And high nitrogen fertilizers include things like urea, which is derived from urine, Feathers, which chicken keepers have an abundance of. Go collect those molting feathers now and you can use them in next year's garden. Dried blood and bone meal. And you can actually save your pee and water it down. Ten parts water to one part urine will give you the right balance for fertilizer for your garden to add nitrogen. And yes, I can attest that this is true because this is how Jared and I used to fertilize our garden in Phoenix. (laughs) Uh, Well, I guess, you know, especially if you're on a budget, I mean, there you go. Well, and also we lived in the desert where uh, there was always a drought happening. So we thought, why not pee in this container and not have to flush the toilet? (laughs) And save water. So we're feeding our garden and saving water for everybody else. It was a win-win. We were younger and more adventurous then. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's too cool. And then once the flowers start to form, you're going to want to switch to a phosphorus-heavy fertilizer because this will give you more blossoms. And phosphorus fertilizers include things like bone meal or rock phosphate. Huzzah. I don't know what rock phosphate is. So, like, I think azomite would be included in that. It would be any type of, like, a fertilizer that's ground up uh, rocks. And um, you can find those in, like, the garden section at any hardware store or nursery. And you can also order them off the internet. So, like, I always keep just, like, a five-pound bag of azomite around. And I'll sprinkle that just kind of randomly, usually at the beginning of the growing season and then again at the end, just to kind of, like, replenish what was lost. And the plant seemed to do okay, so it must be working. Cool. (laughs) Very cool. So when the actual pumpkins appear, your fertilizing is not over. You'll want to use a potassium-rich fertilizer for healthy fruit. Potassium fertilizer is sometimes called potash. Potash? Fertilizer? Uh, I always just say potash. Potash? Potash I don't know if that's right. (laughs) Uh, Somebody can correct us if one of us is saying it wrong. I'm going to guess it's probably me. This is because potassium fertilizers often contain a substance called potash or potash. Compost made primarily from food byproducts is an excellent source of potassium. In particular, banana peels are very high in potassium. And this would be something you could utilize for this phase of growing. Yes. And in fact, one of my favorite indoor crazy plant ladies, her name is Coco and Seed. You can find her on Instagram and like go to her website and stuff. She has a really cool tutorial for making fertilizer out of banana peels. She like ferments the banana peels in jars with just water oh. in them. 
And then after they start bubbling and getting all active, she takes the banana peels out and throws them in her compost pile. And then the water gets used on her indoor plants. So there'll be a link in the show notes to her Instagram tutorial on how to do that because anyone can make fertilizer out of banana peels. Nice. Super cool. So don't be intimidated by fertilizing. Your local nursery and Google can help remind you what ingredients you need for the balance you're looking for. And you can always refer back to this episode next year when you're scrambling to plant your pumpkins and need a refresher on proper fertilization. Yes. And you know, one thing that you can always do too is you can send your soil off for testing Mm. at like your local extension office and they'll tell you exactly what the balance of all your nutrients are. There's like groups on Facebook and there's pages that are dedicated to like what the like perfect amount of everything is in your soil for what you're trying to grow. And you can compare that and you can add based on that scientific report. I haven't gotten that into gardening yet. I've just been kind of like compost, a little fertilizer here and there, freshen up the soil. But one of these days, if I start like getting really serious about the yields and whatnot, I'll totally do that. Once the first fruit appears, you can pinch back the vine tips to limit vine growth and to put the plant's energy into maturing the existing pumpkins. This will likely, however, limit production of even more fruit. So use at your own discretion and your own planting pumpkin goals. You can turn the pumpkins slightly every week or so to keep them growing symmetrical as well. You want to be careful when you do this because you don't want to snap the vines. Yes, and I've snapped my fair share of melons and pumpkins trying to do this. (laughs) (laughs) So now we're going to talk about when to harvest your pumpkins. So like we've said, pumpkins are super long season growers. You need at least like 90 to 110 days So if you live in a short season climate, you want to make sure that you choose a variety that will mature before that frost sets in and kills all your leaves like like Sam and I did. (laughs) Yes, it's very sad. But pumpkins can remain in the garden through a light frost. A light frost will not damage the pumpkins themselves, even if the vines seem like they've died. But... All mature pumpkins should be harvested before temperatures drop into the mid to low 20s. And green immature pumpkins will not turn orange after a killing frost. So now let's get to the harvest, which is the best part of gardening, I think, or at least one of the best parts. So you don't want to rush harvesting or your pumpkins won't last long or taste as yummy. You want to wait until the color is uniform and the shell doesn't dent when pressed with the fingernail. So that's a really handy tip for testing that out. And at this point, the vines should have begun to dry and shrivel. You'll want to look at, there's going to be this little tendril that's closest to your pumpkin. And when that turns brown, that's your peak time to harvest. And what you'll want to do is cut the pumpkins off the vines with a pruner, leaving two to four inches of stem. This is not a handle. I mean, I totally do this, but it's not a handle. <laughs> it's, it's there to help the pumpkin cure and to keep disease from entering where the stem joins the pumpkin. So try your best not to break this off. Yeah. (laughs) And don't forget that some varieties of pumpkins are not true winter squashes, so they're not going to store all the way through the winter. 
Those varieties you can usually hold on to for at least a month or two. The seed packet should tell you what the storage is going to be like on that variety, or you can just Google the specific variety and find out the storage time. Like Jardales, those will store for a whole year, but maybe some of the more like decorative jack-o'-lantern only hybrids, those will just last for like a month or two. And this next step is something that I've never really thought about because clearly I've never successfully grown pumpkins myself. And it's that all pumpkins need to be cured in order to store well. So Bev, how do you cure a pumpkin? So you cure pumpkins by placing them in a warm, sunny spot. And it's recommended low to mid 80s, which let's face it, that can be really hard to get where we live in the Midwest. So that's why I'm thinking like pumpkins should really be done and ready to harvest sometime in August because that's when you're going to get those hottest temperatures. Yeah, that's true. And then you'll space them far enough apart that they're not touching and you want to allow them to cure about 10 days. And then after that, they can be stored in a cool, dry spot that's around 50 degrees, a dry basement, a basement with low humidity or like near a dehumidifier is probably ideal for this because those usually keep like pretty constant temperature. And there you have it, guys. We have informed you on how to have a positive pumpkin journey next year. Yes, (laughs) yes. And I realized we got all the way through that. Forgot to tell you what our resource was for this episode. So we got some information for this from thespruce.com. They did an article called How to Grow Pumpkins. But then we also like interjected a bunch of our own experience and knowledge and went a little deeper than this article did so i hope you guys enjoyed yeah teamwork Woo! yes and now it's time for we can't even corner so bev what can't you even about this week So I don't know if anyone's going to remember this, but around six years ago, someone got like really crazy about Subway's bread because it contains an ingredient that is also found in yoga mats and like a bunch of other stuff. The ingredient, it's called azodicarbonamide, and it's, it's just a chemical that like makes things bubbly and poofy and rise and like interject air into it. What? So, yeah. <laughs> no, and it's like it's food safe. Uh, lots of bread companies use it. So it's oh, not like super okay. weird. Yeah. Okay. It is banned for food use in like some other countries, but it's not here in the US. But, anyways, what I couldn't even about was that. So, Subway's bread was like under fire all those years ago. And now the Irish Supreme Court has said that Subway's bread is not bread at all. <laughs> <laughs> which totally made me laugh so what it is is under irish tax code uh certain staple food items are considered not taxable but they have to meet these parameters in order to be called staple food items so subway was sliding their bread under the radar saying (laughs) it was bread because bread is a staple food item and the irish supreme court was like no, this is not bread. It has too much sugar in it to be considered bread oh. under Irish law. So the Supreme Court has spoken. 
Subway's bread is not bread in Ireland. <laughs> Poor Subway. <laughs> <laughs> right? So this article is from NPR. There'll be a link to it in the show notes. There's so much more to it than that, but that's like the really good gist. That's and the it's kicker. Just, it's hilarious. Yeah, it's the kicker. So I'm just like, Subway, you got to do something about your bread situation because bread is just not that hard and you guys seem to be struggling with it. <laughs> Get it together. <laughs> Get it together, Subway. <laughs> But I do enjoy their non-bread, though. Uh, so I'm going to admit it. I do, too. I actually, I don't really like to eat any of Subway's meat. I don't know why. <laughs> There's something about it. It, like, kind of weirds me out. I'll have the chicken every now and then, but I usually get a vegetarian sandwich when I go to Subway, and it's really good. Like, it just, yeah. like, put all the veggies on it. They've got, like, all the seasonings on the bread, and then I make them cover it in ranch, and it's not healthy, but yeah. it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used, when I worked at U of M, they had a subway in the cafeteria, and I do the veggie all the time because, again, I was on Weight Watchers then, and veggies are zero points. Mm. So, but I would also have them loaded up with light mayo. Yeah. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> Ten points for mayo, zero points for the veggies. Exactly. The bread isn't bread, so we don't know what to classify it. <laughs> I don't know how many points it is because it's not real. <laughs> oh so what can't you even about this week so i'm hoping i didn't talk about this last year but it's been a year so whatevs if i did so this article is actually from last october and it's from cnn and the title of the article is he grew a 910 pound pumpkin and then used it as a boat oh my god i don't remember this so i don't think you've talked about this (laughs) okay so this guy grew a huge ass pumpkin obviously um it's his dream to grow a giant pumpkin his name is justin own and for the past four years he has been trying to reach a goal of growing a thousand pound pumpkin this year the farmer from cleveland tennessee and so this would have been last year had an extra special seed to plant in may a seed from the last year's record-breaking pumpkin grown in tennessee that weighed more than 1700 pounds Ooh, yes so obviously his was 910 pounds, so not as big, but still pretty damn big. And he got really close to his goal. So after that, um, he hollowed out the pumpkin and he obviously harvested the seeds and then decided to have some fun with his kids. Um, and he plunged the pumpkin into the pond on the family's property, climbed inside, and with an oar in his hand, he started paddling around. Um, and obviously it got posted to social media. At one point, he even tried standing in the pumpkin before tipping over into the water. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and apparently, uh, pumpkin boat races are a thing because it was there was one held in Wharton, Illinois, in September 2019, uh, where participants had to paddle their way across the lake while sitting in 500 pound pumpkins. So this is a thing. (laughs) I have a new farm goal. I'm going to grow a thousand pound pumpkin. I'm going to build a pond (laughs) and I'm going to race that thing around my pond. (laughs) I can't wait for you to tell Jared that goal and then get back to us on his reaction. (laughs) 
<laughs> if I could record his reaction, I will. Okay, perfect. <laughs> In fact, really seriously, I need to, one of these days, I need Jared's permission, of course, but one of these days, I just need to dedicate a social media account to a husband's reaction to wife's crazy ideas. <laughs> because if I just recorded him every time I said something that I wanted to do, it would be internet gold. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I could probably do the same with Matt, but... His reaction is generally the same. (laughs) Is it? Yeah. It's like, it's kind of like he goes through like the grieving process almost. (laughs) Like there are several phases to me wanting something and I've gotten really good at asking for things and immediately rationalizing why it's a great idea and why I need him to do it and but also giving him the option to tell me no. (laughs) Usually he says yes. I'm very lucky. (laughs) yes but it's like a science at this point nice i'm glad you've gotten that down i still haven't gotten it quite down takes a lot of effort so make sure you send us your can't evens in the facebook group via facebook messenger instagram or email them to us at drinkandfarm at gmail.com and be sure and leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts because we read one review a week. And if we read your review, you get put into a drawing for a super cool coffee mug that is not and will never be in the shop. So, Sam, would you like to read our review this week? I can do that. And this week's review is from Queen BSC. And she says, podcast love. I love this podcast. Sam and Bev make farming seem attainable and give solid advice on all kinds of topics. It's so great that they have such an eclectic array of animals and knowledge. Makes me feel like my hot mess farm isn't so crazy after all. Cheers, ladies. (laughs) Keep up the good work. I might as well, like, paint Hot Mess Express on the side of my barn. And that can be the name of my farm. So, (laughs) Yeah. same same (laughs) oh i love it thanks so much for leaving us that review yes so make sure you hit that subscribe button and download the episode when you listen this helps more people like you find us and do us a favor and share this episode over on instagram and your stories and tag us at drink and farm because we'll send you a promo code just for that episode that's good for a discount in our merch shop And make sure you take a look at our show notes to find links to the article we discussed, a survey to tell us how we're doing, and all of our social media goodness. So that's it, guys. I hope, uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Yeah, we really want to set you up for basic fall excitement next year. (laughs) We're just like moving right along and trying to make every following year the best year it can possibly be yes (laughs) building on our success as a group (laughs) yes yes i think it's hilarious that it's current fall and we're already trying to plan for next fall though that's just like how fallish we are (laughs) i mean we're just starting to really grasp how much planning goes into this farm thing (laughs) that's true that's very true yes all right until next time guys drink farm And give zero clucks. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. We farm things. We drink and farm things.